Hello, and welcome to Media Mavens. This is episode 57. I'm Pam, and with me as always is Riley. Hello. Hey, Riley. How you doing? I'm good. Also good. tired, but good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone's tired. Actually, Lily and Max are just here. One is about five feet away from me. One is about 10 feet away from me, and they just look like, I don't know, they have carbon monoxide poisoning or something. <laughs> They're not moving. <laughs> Yeah, both my cats are doing a similar thing. <laughs> so today, it's just going to be the two of us talking about what we've been up to and taking some listener questions. Uh, so what have you been up to since we last recorded? Um, well, last time uh, we had Adam Coble on, and mm-hmm. he suggested, or he mentioned watching event horizon i think during the episode one of the or or like some other space (laughs) that i can't remember now but um i actually ended up uh watching um event horizon and then somebody recommended sunshine as well because i was like oh man event horizon was really good so is there something similar and then they were like oh yeah sunshine i was like okay Mm -hmm. cool um, so, uh, and it was funny because as I was watching Event Horizon, mm-hmm. um, I was thinking of the Cloverfield Paradox movie that they tried to, to do mm-hmm. and like have succeeded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where I was like, oh, it's like, you know, I think, you know, maybe that the Cloverfield movie was influenced by this one maybe a little just because of like the weird technology that forces you into somewhere different in a way and then uh everything gets screwed up because of it Mm -hmm. um but uh I mean (laughs) Event Horizon was pretty fucked up so (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Event Horizon's my favorite horror movie so I mean, it was really good. It was just like, (laughs) not what I was expecting. Yeah, it was, it's pretty gross at times. Yeah, Um, yeah. Really, like, gruesome sometimes, Mm -hmm. too. Um, And then the Sunshine movie, uh, which I actually liked more than Mm -hmm. Event Horizon, um, is, like, the premise, I think, is that the sun is dying, so they have to, like send a very specialized spaceship and crew out to the sun and Mm -hmm. then detonate a giant bomb (laughs) in the middle of the sun it seems like bombs are always the answer what was the one we talked about during the disaster the The, core yeah Yeah. (laughs) where they also have to detonate a bomb because the world stops spinning yeah (laughs) god (laughs) um and like and sunshine is is like creepy kind of in its own way where like uh this the crew has been together for so long and people eventually start getting you know like on each other's nerves um mm-hmm. and then um they get close enough to where the first ship the Icarus 1 um stopped and didn't make it any further uh it at that like at a certain point and mm-hmm. then they like um go on to the Icarus one and it's like covered in like dust. Um like there's like thick, thick layers of dust like all through the spaceship, which doesn't make any sense because it's a spaceship. Yeah. So it should be pretty <laughs> clean. But um I think you kind of see like where it comes from when they go to like the sunroom and like all of the the whole crew is like toasty mm-hmm. and gross. <laughs> <laughs> um uh i thought i thought sunshine did a really good job with like the villain i guess or like the monster because you like you never see him directly it's always like kind of blurry and he looks like like Mm -hmm. he's obviously like um you know been out in space too long uh and like thinks the sun is his his god so he's been like basking in the sunlight like that's you know you shouldn't be um putting yourself up to that much like power of the sun when you're that close to it but he's like his skin is like gross and nasty and Mm -hmm. he like 
gets onto the Icarus 2 somehow. I'm still curious about how exactly that happened. Um, and then, like, starts disabling things. And I'm like, oh, man, it's, like, coming from inside <laughs> the ship. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was really cool. And, like, a cool premise that, like, uh, probably wouldn't actually happen ever. But um, it was neat. Like, in the big sun shield that they need on the front of the ship to protect them from how hot the sun is was really cool. Um, and, like, the idea that uh, they're on what is, like, basically a mission that they're not ever going to come back from um, mm-hmm. is really interesting, too. So, yeah, they were both really good, and I enjoyed them. Yeah, when I saw that you were watching Sunshine, I was like, oh, I should watch that again, because <laughs> I've just seen it the once, and it was probably, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, but mm. then I didn't get around to watching it again. But then I was thinking, like, I should watch a whole bunch of yeah Danny Boyle movies. Like, I, I could watch 28 Days Later again, too. Mm. It's been a, a number of years since I saw that one. Yeah, me too. So, hmm. yeah. Um... So I have like, I don't know, I've, my media has had a theme in the last little while. So I've been working on my mom's in games video for like a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I finally put that out. And one of the sort of themes of it is that moms are missing or they're dead uh, a lot of times the mom will die and then the father will go on a some sort of journey with mm. the offspring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so related Sounds to that <laughs> and uh, not even intentionally, I watched both Logan and Cargo mm. uh, over the last two weeks. So uh, I hadn't seen Logan before. Will and I were just looking for something to watch. So we got Logan and... Um, I really liked it, but, you know, it had that same sort of, like, the kid X-23's mom figure, sort of. She gets fridged pretty quick, and then Logan has to go on a journey with her. Uh, But I really, I loved the action scenes Mm -hmm. in it. Like, it was some of the coolest-looking fight scenes. Uh, I did have, like, a major problem with something that happened sort of in the middle of the film Mm -hmm. basically if you haven't seen logan it's this sort of created mutant who logan is sort of trying to get to a safe place yeah (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen it in forever but now i was like okay okay. Uh, it's okay (laughs) i thought i was explaining to the audience but (laughs) you too i guess helping me remember too yeah (laughs) uh so They're in a lot of danger. There's these, like, basically sort of paramilitary people out there who have been creating mutants, and they're trying to get this young girl back from from Logan. So anyone they come into contact with is in grave danger. Um, Professor Xavier is in it, too, and he's got, like, dementia or something. Yeah, I think so. Um, so sort of midway through the movie when they see, you know, the lengths that these villains will go to to get the girl back and they're on a highway and there's this family and they're sort of run off the road and all of their horses in their trailer get, um, get loose and, uh, Professor Xavier is like, we should help them. And I was like, don't help them. Don't help them. And then Logan's like, okay, fine. So they help them get their horses back in the trailer. I was like, okay, fine. Leave, leave, leave. And then they're like, oh, can we treat you guys to a home-cooked meal? And I was like, oh, God, oh, no. don't. <laughs> and then they go. And it's just like, spoilers, I guess. But they all die terribly because mm-hmm. what else was going to happen? And I was really upset (laughs) by that whole scene yeah um and they're also like the only black people in the movie yes (laughs) so i yeah i was upset about that and then even actually the movie when it opens he's in mexico and he kills a bunch of mexicans because they're trying to steal his car Mm -hmm. so it's not you know not very good in terms of race things uh 
so I was just really upset about that scene. It seemed so unnecessary and so mm. avoidable, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I really liked the end of the movie. The sort of final scenes were pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, so then the other one I watched was Cargo, which is a new Netflix movie starring... Martin Freeman? Yes. That's his name. Yes. <laughs> uh, so this is about a man in sort of a post-apocalypse scenario, and he has a baby, and he has to find someone to take care of his baby. Mm-hmm. So, again, slight spoiler, although if you've read the description on Netflix and you've seen the first five minutes of the movie, you can probably guess what's going to happen. But at the beginning of the movie, he does also have a wife who is traveling with him and the baby as well. Yeah. But and she does storm. something so stupid. <sighs> she I, does. Uh... She does something stupid, but at the same time, he makes a series of bad decisions also in the true. first third of the movie. Yes. <laughs> like... He could have just said, oh, that boat I was on, I think there was something on it. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, he should have said something like that. He should have said something like that. So I um, I liked how it was a bit of a different take on the post-apocalyptic genre and especially the zombie genre because mm-hmm. it didn't seem so much like a horror movie as a more of a family drama. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like... Yeah scary zombies like Mm -hmm. the zombies weren't ever like the threat almost yeah uh i did really like that it takes place in australia and the government i guess or the center for health uh had been dropping all these kits for people Mm -hmm. and i like how pragmatic they were it just included instructions like if you've been bit um, look out for these signs. You've got 48 hours, and then you're going to turn into a zombie yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. When it gets to that point, here's a tool that you can jam into your brain so that you won't be a problem for other people. Yeah. <laughs> but the tool is like, uh, uh, like if you've ever had like any of those like self-injecting pens, like an EpiPen. Mm. Uh, it's like a monster version of an EpiPen. <laughs> yeah. It's got like a giant spike that just like, boom, like comes out of it. Yeah. It reminded me of, did you watch the X-Files at all? No. Oh, no. well they had, um, there's these certain aliens and you have to kill them by like sh- stabbing a thing in the back of their neck. And so one mm. of the items, it's basically like a, a long silver cylinder and you like push the button and like a giant needle just pokes out of it so it Mm. it reminded me a lot of that but i liked uh that part and i liked how it sort of just had some kind of weird imagery like the zombies burying their heads in the ground yeah i can't which i wanted to know more about (laughs) do so like i was trying to figure out if like they do that while they're still like people or like enough to like think that they should be doing that to like make it so they don't hurt anybody else but then like they walk by uh the military base at one point and like one of them like pulls its head out of the ground so it was Mm -hmm. like okay wait um (laughs) so yeah i want to know like what the deal with that was yeah Uh, (laughs) what did you think of the movie uh i liked it i thought um it reminded me of a less intense train to busan (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) um especially because it's like you know the dad taking the kid which is you know another a whole other uh, Mm -hmm. thing um but yeah i thought it was i thought it was good i um I loved the little girl actor, not the baby, but the mm. um, the young Aboriginal girl. Um, she was great. I thought the tension that came uh, 
later with like another person that he meets and gets involved in was also really cool and good. Mm-hmm. Um, like the weird guy that's living near the oil the yeah. area. Um, and he's like basically just looking out for himself and this woman that he kind of stole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is also fucked up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that whole that whole scene was so like uncomfortable but like in a good way if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um because you were like oh man i hope they get out of there okay (laughs) yeah i i liked that part of it as well um although i i don't know i questioned the father's decision making in so many places (laughs) like even the first because it's sort of about him finding a series of people thinking, oh, this I can give my baby to this person and yeah. they'll take care of them. And I didn't really understand why he didn't just go with the first one. <laughs> the Be- woman? The woman who had a, like, oh. looked like she had had a brain surgery or something at some point. But I don't know. Like, I figured, I, I thought that was worth at least a conversation. I think, right. I think, uh, so my, my conclusion when I saw that was that she has cancer even like mm-hmm. despite the brain surgery scar so and she mm. was taking medication and i was like ah oh, okay. he can't leave her with this lady because this lady's going to die eventually right that was my thought but i i also liked her so i was like <laughs> yeah talk to yeah, her like, figure it out <laughs> I, I mean i assumed it was some kind of health issue but yeah exactly mm. like, just like hey what's your prognosis <laughs> like <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, but I liked, I liked the, the movie in general, and it was kind of a mm-hmm. cool take on the, that kind of story. Yeah. Uh, what else have you been up to? Um, I have continued reading the Ancillary Justice series by mm-hmm. Anne Leckie. Um, I think the series itself is called something of the rad radch radch it's like r r a d c h mm-hmm. radch i don't know <laughs> um but i read the second book uh while i was up at my cottage last weekend um and i am halfway through the third book uh now um and it's just so good it's <laughs> it's um we talked about it a little last time, um, where uh, when we had Adam on, um, and it's like this whole um, like big like series that involves like um, AIs and um, the like all of the ships for this particular empire are like controlled by AIs and. Um, the leader has like multiple parts of herself like all over the galaxy and like the because she's spread out so far parts of those parts of her are starting to like rebel and war against each other um Mm -hmm. so it's it's this big like which leader do we trust or which which one is the the one that is you know good quote unquote um and it's kind of culminating now in the last book with a big confrontation at a station who they've kind of unbraked, I guess, uh, is the best way to describe it. Um, and they basically gave the station, which is like a big, huge space station, um, which is also an AI. So it has like control over itself now. And then they're offering this change to a bunch of other ships that they come across. Um, and arguing that like, hey, AIs are people too, or like sentient beings, I guess, too. Um, right. And there's like an alien race that's involved now, and uh, yeah, it's just it's getting really good, and I like it awesome. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I read the first book a couple years ago now, mm. and I, I have the second one. Like, it's been sitting on my Kindle for a while, but. I almost feel like I might need to read the first one again. Yeah. Because <laughs> I often found it difficult to follow. Like, it'd be like, okay, I think I know what's going on. And then it's like, oh, 
maybe i don't yeah. know what's going on <laughs> yeah and um when adam was here he mentioned that uh like they use the language that they use doesn't have gender markers mm-hmm. um so everyone is a she in the language um despite uh whether or not that's actually their gender um and then uh the first book i found the most confusing um because it it just tells you like this is the ship's name this but like it doesn't say that that's the ship's name it's like you know uh like it just assumes going in that you're gonna know everything and eventually you kind of um figure it out after a little while everything starts to oh like okay i i yeah. see now <laughs> but it takes a little while so i would say don't don't just go into the second book mm-hmm. <laughs> although it gets easier because um in the first book the i guess the main character the ship uh the justice of Torin, has like thousands of people or not people but um, parts of herself that she could be so at any one time in the book you could be any one of those 1,000 pieces of her. Yeah. Um, but in later books, it gets a lot easier uh, because of spoiler reasons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but it gets much easier to follow. Um, yeah. Instead of trying to follow, like, all of the different, uh, like, sets of officers and whatever that she that she is. So, Right. Yeah. Cool. I'll have to see. I've got I like twelve books on my Kindle, and it's every I'm like, what will I read next? And I look at the list, and I'm like, uh, I can't decide. I will read nothing. None of these. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go solo queue some competitive Overwatch. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. God. Uh, so speaking of competitive Overwatch, <laughs> I did a lot of that in this past two weeks. Yay! I've, Yay. I've been. Uh, <laughs> I've been really trying to sort of broaden my horizons in terms of what characters I will play Mm. over the last few seasons, although that's also meant that over the last few seasons, I have placed lower (laughs) than when I used to just play Mercy. Yeah. So this season, I've been playing still Mercy a fair bit uh, because triple support is a thing so (laughs) um and then moira a little and then reinhardt and diva so i've been doing a lot more tanking than i normally do Mm. so last week i got up to diamond again for the first time in i think three or four seasons so i was excited about that um i'm finding it odd like the triple support thing is weird yeah, that's with Brigitte now, right? Yeah, with Brigitte mm-hmm. now. So, as someone who has been playing a lot of Reinhardt, I feel like this is the wrong time <laughs> to get really into Reinhardt because Brigitte is just such a pain in the ass. Like, she can, when you charge at her, she just, like, goes right through your shield and just, like, boom, stunned, mm-hmm. like, as you're charging her, which really sucks. And then there's been so many games where between Brigitte and a Doomfist and a Junkrat, <laughs> like, I'm just up in the air the whole game. Like, I am a large man wearing heavy armor and carrying a big shield and I'm just like flying for half the match. I was like, what is going on? That sounds <laughs> miserable. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Reinhardt. Uh, and there's I found there's so many times Brigitte's stun is so fast mm. that I can press Q and my voice my voice line won't even start and it'll be cancelled. Uh gross. <laughs> So, he... yeah, yeah, I was okay. I, um, I haven't played. I hit diamond. And I'm like, all right, bye. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> See you next season. <laughs> like... oh, yeah, I haven't done my placements. I haven't played since the anniversary event started, actually. Um, hmm. but maybe I'll do that tonight. Um, but yeah, I Reinhardt, I think needs like, I don't know, a buff so he's like not like immovable or something while he's holding up his shield or something like that like it's yeah i I mean it gets it gets ridiculous like i i don't know i've had 
uh, roadhog, ulting roadhogs just like shoot me up 100 feet in the air. Like it's really <laughs> silly. So yeah, I don't know. I feel like Reinhardt is still at my level pretty viable, but like has he been in uh, league at all? Uh, n- n- not last last season, yes, but I think with Breed in, I don't think he's been in very mm-hmm. much. But I haven't watched as much Overwatch League. Hmm. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they do like. I've seen Zarya. Mm. Oh, that's good. I haven't I haven't watched that much this season. I'm, I'm pretty sure they play Reinhardt, but I don't. I think if Brigida is in, then they then they might not. Hmm. That might be wrong. It's, it's weird because she's supposed to break the dive. Mm-hmm meta but like she also breaks the non-dive meta (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know yeah uh other than overwatch uh state of decay 2 came out uh about a week ago and i've been playing a lot of that what kind of uh, game is that it's a zombie survival game so it's part just sort of like third person combat and driving around in like a big open area and then part sort of resource and social management so you have Mm. to find a base and you have to build it up to keep it safe and like build facilities like workshops and enough beds for people and you have to do things to keep all the people in your base happy Um, everyone has little quirks and things so some of the quirks like are not at all related to the apocalypse they'll be like good at pop culture trivia and it'll (laughs) give them some little bonus in some other area or other people are like have a bad dresser quirk and people who are easily irritated will then often start fights with them (laughs) so it's very sort of uh, procedurally generated in that way so uh, in addition to building your base you have to go out and collect supplies so you need to make sure you've got enough food and fuel and ammo and things uh, the story in this one isn't that interesting uh, there's these plague zombies and they're the ones that can uh, change you into a zombie if you if if your infection levels get up to a certain point and it seems like the whole way to win the game is to uh, kill all the plague hearts around the map so that's what I've been working on but the fun just sort of comes from exploring and fighting the zombies and finding different items and resources for your camp Uh, I particularly like driving around and running zombies over with my car (laughs) (laughs) So I've been playing that, and uh, the reviews have all been said about how buggy it is, and I find it's more uh, janky than buggy. I've had a couple things that have happened, like sometimes it'll say a door will look open, but it's actually not open, but all you really have to do is just like press the button prompt and you open the door. Or sometimes it'll get stuck where I have, because you can play one character, And then you can, like, take a friend with you, um, someone else from your community. And sometimes it'll think that I have someone with me, but they actually won't be anywhere around. But for the most part, it's been going pretty well. So, Cool. Yeah. Uh, What else have you been up to? Um, So the new album for um, BTS came out. Mm Mm-hmm. and so I've been listening to the album, uh, like, front to back, um, trying to decide if I like it more or less than the last one. Oh. <laughs> um, I, so I, there's, like, a couple songs that I really love. Like, there's the intro song um, that's very good. It's done by, uh, the intro songs are usually done by one person in the band, so each group or each um album has a different person doing the intro and this time uh it's uh Taehyung or V and his voice mm-hmm. is like super deep and like rarely rarely we get to hear him singing in that 
um in like his comfortable range he usually sings much higher but it's just mm. so good because his voice is so deep and it's like oh finally <laughs> um so the intro song is really good i love the new single i think it's better than dna the last one mm-hmm. um and then the rest of the album kind of i don't know there's a few songs i like um one of them is uh anpan man which is like he's so anpan man is like a superhero character in i think japan and his head is filled with like red bean paste <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah that's like all that i know about him but <laughs> the song is like um like really upbeat and it's got like references to anpan man and like you know being able to give somebody like a bun with like red bean paste as a gift at one point and like saying that you know i'm still a superhero kind of thing um and the choreography is really good for it uh but I don't, I, I feel like overall the last album that they had was better, but the single on this one is better. Um, and then um, last year, kind of around this time, they were uh, like on Ellen and James Corden and they performed at the AMAs and they were at the BBMAs, but they didn't perform. But this year... They actually performed at the BBMAs, uh, Mm -hmm. where they won the Top Social Artist again for the second time. Um, And the camera work was really, like, it was okay, but it was kind of (laughs) shitty because it kept cutting to the audience. And, like, I don't know, the whole point of um, K-pop groups performing live is getting to see their choreography. So I was like, oh, man. The first time that we're seeing this song, like, it was the very first time they'd performed it anywhere. Um, which they usually reserve for when they're like, uh, when they're in Korea is when they debut all of their songs to the public. But this one they chose to do in America. So it was the first time that we saw it at all. Mm -hmm. And the camera work was like, uh, (laughs) um, that was kind of frustrating, but they're doing their promotions now in Korea. So there are plenty of other choreography videos, um, now. Uh, and then they went on Ellen again um, for a longer segment this time where they performed, I think, two songs and then um, actually talked with her a little bit more than they did the last time, um, which was kind of cool because last time it was just like, hi, how are you? And then asked a couple questions and then they were gone performing. But this time was like, um, you know, had a whole segment with the mod, which was kind of cool. I don't think they're... Oh yeah, I think I said they're in um, their music show promotions right now, so they're like super busy doing right. that. But yeah, it's been pretty good, and I I don't know new new summer tunes are are good. So yeah, yeah. I was just looking up Unpan Man. Oh, <laughs> this has been all around for a while. There was been he's been in video games like starting from the famicom so yeah i (laughs) i like recognize the character but i did not know about him at all like anything about him until the the song came out (laughs) i think i just saw him on something i'm pretty sure with the with the the depressed egg oh gutama yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) i like the egg Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I hadn't heard of that, and then one of my Ipsy bags has him on it. Oh, and I was really? like, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's so good. <laughs> uh, so I've been well, – I watched a couple other things this past week. I watched season one of Kim's Convenience. Yay. Which, yeah, it was it was really good. I it's about a Korean family who have a convenience store, and uh, the daughter is I think she's twenty and she's taking photography at school, and then the slightly older son is sort of estranged from his father. So just about the relationships there, and it's like a really feel good show. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> there's never anything too upsetting 
that happens um, and everything generally turns out okay. Uh, I also really like how Toronto it is because mm-hmm. there's so much that's filmed in Toronto, but it's so often made to look like it's a state else. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is nice in that, like, I'm pretty sure I know where the actual store front is that they're using and like you see them using canadian money and you always see like the street cars and things Mm. so i really like that it's just like yep this is toronto we're not gonna pretend to be somewhere else so (laughs) yeah uh it's been good i hope do you know how many seasons there are uh i think there's two or three three i think okay i know i know they're doing another one my boyfriend or my brother's girlfriend is working on kim's convenience oh that's cool like as a set person i think mm-hmm. so yeah they're still going because <laughs> she's still got work so <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah and i was also reading about how it started as a stage play at the salt pepper theater oh really that's cool yeah so uh that's been good i hope that they put more seasons up on netflix because it seemed to run out so fast I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh no it's it's gone now <laughs> uh so another thing that i've been watching is an asmr channel it's called good night moon oh, and i think i know that one sorry go ahead do you know that one it's okay <laughs> uh usually when i watch asmr videos and for anyone who doesn't know asmr is autosensory meridian response, response. yes <laughs> Which is basically just videos of people doing things that, like, make you feel relaxed or get little, like, tingles on your body. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So most of the time I watch, like, makeup videos and things like that. But uh, this woman has a series that she's done, and it's called the Babelbrook series. Mm -hmm. And she... (laughs) She plays a number of different characters in this, like, little magical town. So I think the first one, she was the innkeeper, and she sort of, like, talks to you about what's going on in the town, and she goes through, like, the notices that people want to put on the board and, like, reads about, like, watch out for fairies or someone's missing his little mini horse or, like, it's just sort of, you know, little magic things Mm -hmm. and she plays a number of characters like there's a couple different witches there is the person who runs the haberdashery uh her latest one's actually the one that i've liked the most and it's the woman who owns the The tea tea shop yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) that video was so good uh it's it's cool because most asmr it's just like single camera single shot yeah like them talking into the camera but she puts so much work into, first of all, the set decoration mm-hmm. that she uses. And she also will, like, stop and just, like, focus in on different parts of the set. Like, as she's preparing tea or going through her cupboards or things like that. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. It's also, it's almost like a little a little Harry Potter world. <laughs> but she's just, like, playing all the parts and talking about, um, you know... That's not entirely normal <laughs> circumstances. <Yeah. laughs> it's all like fantasy setting kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, the little dragon egg one is also really good where she's mm. like, I think, trying to sell dragon eggs and she's like going through them all and she's like, oh, this one mm. is really good. And she's like, yeah, it's going to give you like this kind of dragon. And I was like, this is cute. <laughs> like, I don't want to fall asleep because I want to hear the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the problem because there are also – generally quite long and she even has ones that's um what is it like a hallow's eve Mm -hmm. one and it's a two-hour video where you're sort of like going around the town so she plays i think eight different characters (laughs) over the course of the video just getting you ready for the events that are gonna happen and it's awesome but at the same time like i've never (laughs) seen most of the characters because i'm asleep (laughs) (laughs) So, oh. yeah, if if you like ASMR or even if you don't like ASMR and want to try it, I would definitely recommend those. They're really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the production level of them is, like, like beyond, like, you know, most of the traditional ASMR videos that you see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. 
All right. Uh, anything else for you? Uh, not that I can think of. I'm pretty sure I haven't been doing very much except lurking on the Far Verona Discord. <laughs> hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> Has anything exciting happened there? Any House Pixis stuff making into the show? Mm, uh, in the... So Adam did a GM prep stream where he like goes through um, what he wants to do for the session prior to the session. Um, and there's going to be a Pixis in it, but they're dead. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so the first reference of Pixis is going to be a dead person. Um, but they have to, like, solve what's going on. Um, hmm. So, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I Like, there'll probably be, like, more Pixis stuff in the show because of that, but uh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so we can move on to listener questions yay uh first one is from diego uh or a latino lawyer um actually he's not on twitter anymore so just diego <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Pam sharing that she used to like JRPGs a lot when she was younger, but not so much anymore, has me wondering, what genres of games have you grown to like now that you didn't like 10 years ago? Hmm. Um, probably FPSs for me, uh, because I played mostly like MMOs and uh, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> MMOs and like, mm, although I played a lot of Mass Effect, so I don't know, but that's like third person shooter. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess eh. I read it like backwards, and so I had an answer, and then I reread it, and I was like, oh no. Oh, where you, what did you not like, or what did you like that you don't like now? Yeah. <laughs> well, go ahead and do that one, too. <laughs> oh, the answer is MMOs. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to play them all the time, especially World of Warcraft. Hmm. Um, and I don't play them now, and I will not play it again. Yeah, I my answers are actually pretty much the same. <laughs> I I was never a big FPS player. They didn't appeal to me but i mean lately like doom and wolfenstein are the two big ones where they came out and i really loved them uh and then also play a lot of overwatch mm -hmm. now even though i'm not generally shooting too much i'm generally swinging a hammer uh, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> or healing things but it is a first person sort of competitive game and yeah same thing although i would i never would have called it myself an mmo fan like i played world of warcraft for nine years yeah but like i i never had a, an urge to play another one it was like nope this one has me i, I never want to do this again <laughs> yeah the only other one that i tried playing for a bit was wildstar i think mm -hmm. uh, and i played that for a little while um and that just kind of petered out with the people that i was playing with and left it behind eventually i think when it was going free to play i don't think i've played it since then right um and then i did try playing final fantasy whatever it is uh hmm. but i didn't like it so um the next question is from the doc web and he asks what are your thoughts on achievements or trophies do they heighten your experience by giving extra goals or are they a negative or do you ignore them completely I've developed something of a completionist approach to games I find increasingly that are that they are more a source of stress and distraction than something fun. Um, <laughs> in, in brackets. <laughs> Though that's obviously more on me than it is on the achievements themselves. <laughs> uh, do you miss them on systems such as the Switch that don't have them? So I... For me, it depends on the the system and sort of how it's set up because I do like achievements. Um, I do like sort of searching for them. It, it depends on how much effort it yeah. takes. Like if the achievement is play through the game on the hardest mode, I'm just, I'm not going to get that <laughs> achievement. And I, unless it's something where it's relatively easy to get, like I'll almost never go for 
um, 100% achievements or the platinum trophies or anything like that. Uh, I, ju- I like how they're done on Xbox because it depends on the game, but it tends to be more like, you know, get to this part of ga- the game, get to that part of the game, and then th- and then there's extra things for, you know, specific accomplishments. Uh, whereas I find the PlayStation ones are really stingy a lot of the time. Uh, like I remember playing The Last of Us and I finished the game. I got a bunch of collectibles and I think I got 10% of the achievements or something like that. And I was like, well, that's kind of, that feels like a rip off. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it depends on how, how obtainable they are. Like I don't feel it, any particular amount of pride for going out of my way to sink an extra many many hours into a game just to you know have an extra 10 points or something yeah but i i do like you know as you're playing through a game and achievements are popping up on the bottom of the screen and my little number is going up on my (laughs) dashboard yeah um i yeah i don't I, i don't mind them but i don't i don't usually uh like seek them out to do them um I, so, um, when I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn, that's the only game that I have, like, the platinum trophy for, or whatever the Mm -hmm. completionist (laughs) trophy is, Mm -hmm. um, and, um, that was, like, like, I didn't look at the trophies at all, like, I was just (laughs) going through and doing them, um, and then, um, my boyfriend who had played it before was like, oh, make sure you do, like, talk to all these people first. And I was like, okay, well, I've done that. And he's like, oh, okay, then you're good. <laughs> um, because, like, that's how I am with that kind of game is I want to, like, talk to the people that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, that one wasn't too bad. But, like, other games, um, like, I'm still playing Tomb Raider uh and i really like i was looking through some of those and i was like no like i'm never gonna <laughs> never gonna go do like some of those hmm. um and like some of the overwatch ones like um like to get sprays and stuff okay like maybe i'll try but some of them can be like really frustrating like um you know Lucio's one where you have to like boop three people while you're in the air or something Mm -hmm. consecutively or like over a match without dying um no like I probably will never purposely do that one yeah um and then like for the events and stuff I'm not doing stuff on legendary because I'm just first of all I'm not that good and then second of all I can't find people to do it with (laughs) me (laughs) So I'd probably just leave those. Like, I have several achievements from events that are just, did like, haven't been done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily find them distracting or anything like that. But I do mind when other people um, are so focused on achievements and you're not. And you're playing together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you just try to group all six of them up right. together for me yes. so I can get this achievement? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, um, sure. And then, like, one of them <laughs> dies and they're like, oh, it's time to reset. And you're like, fucking God. <laughs> uh, so that kind of stuff, I, I, that bothers me. But, I mean, I don't go out of my way to get them completed or anything. Yeah. I just, when you brought up Overwatch, it really cemented that motivation for me need it needs to have some like big overarching this is your achievement score because I haven't really tried for any achievements Mm -hmm. in Overwatch sometimes they pop up I'm like oh neat I did something Uh, but I don't generally look at them or try to get them because there's no like you have this many achievements yeah Um, Whereas in World of Warcraft, like, I would Mm -hmm. do achievement hunting quite a bit. Although at the same time, there were still some achievements I found absolutely ridiculous where just out of principle, I was like, no, I'm not (laughs) going to spend 
80 hours in Warsaw Gulch for this uh, stupid thing. Yeah, no. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, the question about the Switch not having them. I do kind of miss them when they're not on systems, but again, I haven't played the Switch that much, so it hasn't... I haven't really noticed. Real, I haven't really noticed, yeah. yeah. It'd be cool. Like I can see there being some... Uh, just watching somebody play Breath of the Wild, I can see that there could be achievements for that game, uh, like flying a certain dif- distance with the leafy parachute thing, or like, you know, throwing something with the gravity manipulator. Like, I don't know what the fuck the mm. items are called, but <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, hitting it enough that it goes flying like a certain distance or killing something that way. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. The next question is from Musty Hobbit, who asks, "Are you excited for E3? And if so, what are you excited for? What would be your dream announcement this year?" Uh, I mean, I guess excited about E3 as excited as I get about E3. Um, I think I think there is some speculation that they'll talk about a Dragon Age game this year, but I don't know oh. if that's actually going to happen. Hmm. Um, because they have Anthem coming out at Bioware, so oh, I feel yeah. like they don't want to overshadow that new game. Um, didn't Battlefield just announce a thing? Was that at E3? Has that happened yet? I don't know what's no. going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Mm, it wasn't at E3. Oh, okay. It, it hasn't happened yet. I think it's next It was weekend, just cool, maybe? that's all. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of games, um, like, things have either been leaked or just released prior to E3. Mm. So, like, a bunch of new games have already been announced. So, I don't know. I feel like there's less and less surprises every mm. year at E3. So, I... I'm not that excited for it because I feel like I know what's coming. They're going to talk a bunch about games they talked about last year Mm -hmm. and about the games that have already been announced, none of which I'm that excited for. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I I don't know. It just feels like it's hard to keep anything in your pocket when you're a game publisher. (laughs) Yeah. So... Do you have anything that, like for the second part of the question? Your dream announcement? Dream announcement. Um, I would love another World of Darkness game along the lines of Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Um, that would be neat. <laughs> and I don't know what else. Like, I, I guess I want to. I just want surprise things to happen like hey look at this brand new ip that (laughs) has things that interest you (laughs) (laughs) at first i was like yeah a new dragon age that's what i want to see but then i was like but also a new game yeah (laughs) (laughs) something that we haven't seen before but like i i want yeah like another like story-based game with like maybe Mm -hmm. a little bit of combat or whatever if we have to Mm-hmm. Um, and then like with cool settings and cool character interactions and bonus yeah. points if it's in space because I love mm-hmm. space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next question is from Orkchop. Um, and he asks, are you going to be getting the Nintendo Switch online service so that you can play some of the included NES games? And there's a big list that I'm not going <laughs> to read. <laughs> Yeah, the Nintendo Switch online service is odd. Um, Nintendo always makes questionable decisions <laughs> when it came comes to things. Like, like they make good games. Like, their first-party games are all pretty solid. But, like, when it comes to online services or any sort of decisions like that, they're always so weird. Mm. So, uh, the online service gives you some NES games that you can download and play. But they're, like... I'm pretty sure all of them are games that were, first of all, on the NES Classic. Oh. Uh, which came out. 
Uh, so it's sort of like an overlap there. They're also like pretty standard Nintendo games. I mean, I guess if you're someone who hasn't played NES since you were a kid, these were would be some of the games that you'd want to play. But they're pretty like they're the ones you find everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're are they more? I guess like. I wonder if the idea is that they're going for, like, younger people who maybe, uh, like, are getting the Switch with, like, their families and are like, here's Mm. some old games that we made. You might also like these. Maybe. But somebody with kids. (laughs) Yeah. Answer that for me, please. (laughs) Yeah. And tell me, yeah, if your kids like these kind of games. Yeah, the older games. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, when you have, like, I don't know, something bright and flashy, like Splatoon or, mm-hmm. um, like, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, do you really want to play the original Donkey, Donkey Kong? Kong? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Even, like, uh, going from the new Breath of the Wild Zelda to the Legend of Zelda, like, that's a huge, huge difference. <laughs> I don't even like playing their original Legend of Zelda. No, it's like, not I don't fun. think it's... No. <laughs> So, I don't know, like, they just, Nintendo has such a huge catalog of games, Mm -hmm. and they took off their sort of digital marketplace for the previous couple consoles, and so being like, oh, you get, sign up for our online service, and you get to play, like, these 20 (laughs) NES games out of, like, the thousands of games in our catalog, it's just kind of like, not super impressed, um... So I won't be getting the online service, first of all, because I don't play the Switch too much. Second of all, because I have all these games on an emulator uh. or the actual cartridges. So <laughs> no need. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next question is also from Orkchop, and it's, what do you think of Tides of Numenera? Should I pick it up if I liked playing Planescape Torment but haven't played an RPG like that in years? Uh, so I really liked Tides of New Minera. It's uh, reminiscent of Planescape Torment. Uh, not as good, I don't think, but it is very story heavy. Lots of text and dialogue and interesting little uh, stories to find. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like Planescape Torment, I would say, yeah, give it a shot. Although I have found that there are there have been better uh, CRPGs released recently. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 is sort of one of the best ones I've played lately, so I would probably recommend that over uh, the new Torment game, but hmm. but it was good. Yeah. Cool. I've never played those, so <laughs> I have no opinion. <clears throat> uh, the last question is from Night Moogle, uh, and he asks... Which one of you looked better in the tracer filter and whose pets looked better with it? <laughs> I think the answer to this question is obvious. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I actually tried it. I, I've never really used filters on Facebook. It's Facebook weird. Or any and I've never been on Snapchat in my life, so <laughs> filters are kind of new to me. But I tried it and my hair isn't long enough to put back so it's like just long enough to make me look like I have a mullet with the tracer filter (laughs) which is a good look um I also I tried it with Lily and I couldn't get it to um to capture her face it would occasionally do it on Max uh he didn't look thrilled about it though (laughs) I haven't tried it on my pets but now I'm going to (laughs) (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I saw this question. I was like, oh, I never thought of that. So <laughs> I definitely, there were cats, like, they're just, like, around as they are in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, like, sometimes in the background. So, but that doesn't mm-hmm. count for, like, them actually being on the filter or have the filter it's, on. It's really difficult to get them to look at the camera. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> Every other time they're looking at you, but then as soon as you pull out your phone, they're like, no, just turn their heads. Yeah. 
Alright, so that's it for the questions for this episode. Uh, Riley, where can people reach you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kaleri with an underscore. It's K-A-L-E-R-I underscore. And you can find me on Twitter at Josila underscore. And my YouTube channel is called Cannot Be Tamed. Please watch my video about moms and games. Yeah, I, it's so I work good. Really hard. <laughs> Thank you. It's really good. The little like dad sound effect. <laughs> At first, I thought I had it like tabbed away, and I uh-huh. heard that, and I was like, "Oh, did she? the The audio's fucked up." And I almost like tweeted at you, <laughs> but then I went back and I like looked at the video as it was happening. And I was like, oh, "Okay, we're good." Yeah, <laughs> I was so worried. <laughs> it was very funny. Thank you. <laughs> uh, if you have any feedback or questions for us, you can reach out at mediamavenscast at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at underscore mediamavens. There's also a forum for discussion of any of our episodes at cartridgeclub.org. And if you like the show, please leave us a review. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.